Welcome to another edition of Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. We're so glad you chose to listen with us today, and we pray your life will be blessed through the following message. God loved us and walked in love by resting His Spirit. As a result of Him resting His Spirit, He was able to pour out and show us that example. If He had not rested, He would not have been able to pour out the way that He poured out. And so, for us to imitate God and to walk in that love and compassion, it's not just about doing good things for other people. You've got to take care of your body as well. Your physical body, your mental, and your spiritual side. If you'll notice, God God sat back and He looked at His creation and saw that it was good, right? When we're taking a day off, when we are resting in the Lord, we're looking at what the Lord has done. We're drawing closer to Him. We are, we are, we are spending time purposefully with the Father and understanding His ways better, or trying to at least. Have you ever worked so much and so hard that you just simply give out from exhaustion? You know, this world can be draining and it can take a toll on our physical bodies, but also our minds and our spirits. The New Testament is full of references to Jesus getting away from the crowds and spending time with the Father. We have to imitate Jesus in this area. We must be purposeful in our time with the Father if we want to avoid burnout. And in today's message, we'll take a look at six different times when Jesus got alone with the Father and how we can use this to impact our culture for Him. I wanted to keep talking to you today about being an imitator of God, and I wanted to continue to bring out our, our main focus and, and what God's really laid on our hearts lately, and that's just going out here and impacting our culture for Jesus. And I can think of no easier way to do that than to simply imitate God, to do what he did. Uh, he, he was constantly drawing crowds to himself. Every time you read about Jesus, especially with his, his ministry started, it's always about him drawing a crowd and also about have him having to get away from that crowd for a little bit. And so just that love of, of Jesus, that compassion, that, that glory, the, everything that, that he represents is what we want to, want to, want to possess and we want to show our world. And that to me is the easiest way to impact our culture for Jesus. The scripture that, that God brought out last week in me was Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. I want to focus on the part here in verse 2 where he says, and walk in love. He talks about it just as, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. But, but you know, one of the things that uh, I'm going to take it probably from a little different angle than what we're used to. Okay? But, but Jesus walked in love. You know, sometimes we confuse love and we think that it's always nice and it's always kind and it's always gentle. But sometimes Jesus had to be strong and he had to be bold and he had to say things that people didn't like. But it was all out of love. You know, growing up, my dad and mom used to love me quite a bit. A lot of times it was with hugs and kisses, but sometimes it was with the rod of correction. The good news is, I'll be honest with you, I learned pretty quick. I don't know about David and Josh. I don't, I'm not convinced that they learned as quick as I did. But it didn't take long for me to realize that's not how I wanted to live my life. It was quite painful. But it wasn't done out of hate, and it wasn't done out of anger. It was done out of love. They knew what was best for me. They knew if they didn't get that behavior corrected in me, and I had not responded to other nicer, gentler corrections, therefore they gave me a little tougher correction. And a lot of times I would respond to that. I think every time I responded to that. 
And so, so love is, is about more than just the gentle speak of it. You know, this week, it's been a good week, but I found myself physically drained. You ever been there before? Just physically drained from everything that's going on more than once this week specifically. You know, I've, I've been pouring out spiritually, physically, mentally. You know, I've created financial budgets. I've sat with my grandparents at the hospital. I have uh, taught a Bible study class. I've sat in a Bible study class. Uh, I think I did a couple of chores. Don't look at Tammy. She may tell you I didn't, but, but I think I did a couple of chores at the house. But, man, I just found myself exhausted and struggling to really come up and write another sermon for Sunday, to be honest with you. And yesterday, I just kind of poured my heart out and just, just honestly just cried out to God, Lord, what am I supposed to do? You know, I have a responsibility. I want you to move, and I want to just, I want to speak what you want me to speak. I don't want to just come up with some words to tell people. I want it to be from your heart. I mean, I was just really struggling. <laughs> it's like a ton of bricks hit me, and God just said, speak about that. So speak about what? He said, speak about how you're exhausted, and what do you do about that? You know, we get physically exhausted, but we also get mentally exhausted. We get spiritually exhausted. And so I want to talk to you today about how we can imitate God in these areas. You know, we have to remember that Jesus walked this earth in this flesh body. So physical exhaustion was a part of his life as well. So how did he respond in those times? We want to be imitators of him in that case. Our human bodies need rest to recover from the physical tolls we place on them. You know, our minds need to be shut down for a period of time so our brains can recharge and our spirits are no different, you know. When we put out to others, we give what's been deposited in us. So if we're constantly putting out, sometimes we have nothing left to give. And so we've got to get away. We've got to rest our spirits in order to get recharged and filled back up again. And this happens three ways. We do this through reading the Word of God, through prayer, and then through isolation with the Father, through getting away and spending time with the Father. You know, Jesus did this constantly and he also encouraged his disciples to do this as well. And I want to I present to you today that God loved us and walked in love by resting his spirit. As a result of him resting his spirit, he was able to pour out and show us that example. If he had not rested, he would not have been able to pour out the way that he poured out. And so for us to imitate God and to walk in that love and compassion, it's not just about doing good things for other people. You've got to take care of your body as well, your physical body, your mental, and your spiritual side. Amen? So like I said, it's been a good week, but a long week for me. And, and I want to talk to you about the importance of rest. Rest doesn't just mean sleep. And I would tell you right now, I would suggest to you that if you're struggling to share the gospel, uh, the gospel of Jesus, then chances are good you simply need to rest in the spirit. You need to have some rest. Rest doesn't mean going and watching a football game. Rest doesn't mean just kicking up and relaxing. Rest is very specific spiritually, okay? And that's what we're going to talk about today is how you rest in the spirit. But again, if you're struggling to reach out to people, if you're, you're dealing with fear or anything like that, I want you to think about resting in the spirit today. Rest doesn't just include sleep, but exercise and a healthy diet. And I want to go through a few scientific studies with you. I'm going to try to just cram them down just a little bit. But at certain points, I want to tell you how that, I think, relates to us spiritually. It is, it is shown that uh, resting, which again is not just sleep, but resting reduces stress. It gives you a, a chance to move about. Sitting for extended periods of time can increase the chance for obesity. I've sat around quite a bit. I'll be honest, I didn't really need to read a study on that. I've been living that one, so I can attest to that. 
And then they threw a really fancy word in here called metabolic syndrome, which just means higher blood pressure, high blood sugar, excess body fat around the waist, and abnormal cholesterol levels. Anybody deal with that stuff? You don't have to raise your hand, but I know we, especially the older we get, we deal with that stuff. You, you young bucks right now hopefully aren't dealing with that stuff. But listen to what I'm telling you today. Take care of your body so you don't have as many issues as you get older. One of the things I've been telling my kids is learn from my example. You know, make sure you're eating healthier. I would teach you that, but obviously I haven't learned that myself. So I'm going to need to put you with somebody that understands that a little better. But don't go through the same things that I went through and I'm going through on eating. Amen. But it also can... uh, Let's talk about that from a spiritual standpoint. We talked about sitting for extended periods of time. Think about this. If you avoid time alone with the Father... For extended periods of time, it can increase the chance for cowardice and sin. The short version is that sin separates us from God, and anything that separates us from God is not good. In our physical bodies, rest reduces inflammation and the risk of heart disease. In our spirit lives, spending time with the Father reduces our risk of spiritual infection from the world and our enemy, and it lowers the risk of a hardened heart towards God. Rest can boost your immune system, and it can improve your quality of sleep. How many of you know that sleep in itself is not necessarily a good thing? Quality sleep is what we're looking for, quality sleep. And so I went to another study with quality sleep real quick. And some of these are very similar to what I've already read you, okay? And I'm going to go through these very quickly. But when you get good good sleep, you have better productivity and concentration. That means increased brain function, concentration, productivity, and cognitive uh, cognition. It decreases your risk for weight gain. We talked about that. And I'll just tell you that le- uh, less sleep does definitely cause you to have poor decision-making abilities when it comes to food. You tend to give in more to the convenience of the fast food and things of that nature. Uh, again, it lowers the risk of heart disease. And this is the one I really wanted to emphasize with rest here, with sleep specifically. Getting good quality sleep will make you more socially and emotionally intelligent. So I'm going to say that it's possible that our world has not had enough good quality sleep. And this may be what's wrong right now while you're seeing a world that does not seem to be socially and emotionally intelligent right now. Someone who does not get adequate sleep is more likely to have issues with recognizing other people's emotions and expressions. You know, if we're going to have great impact on our culture for Jesus, we definitely need to be able to recognize other people's emotions and expressions. How are they responding? And this is parallel with our spirit life. If we're not getting enough rest in our spirit life, for example, prayer, time with the Lord, uh, and, and um, reading the Word, then our spiritual emotions are going to suffer, and we're going to struggle more with understanding, which means we're going to struggle more with reaching our culture for Jesus. So again, the litmus test right now would be, ask yourself, are you reaching out to your community in any way? Are you sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? If you're not, if you're not, then I want to suggest to you that you need to start resting in the spirit more, because let me tell you one of the things that I have found out. As I've begun to rest more in the Lord, I have begun to experience more energy in my spirit as well. I've experienced more boldness in my spirit as well. I've always struggled with talking, but now I'm having a tough time shutting up about the things that God's been doing. I'm not planning that. I normally joke quite a bit. It's not that God told me I couldn't ever joke. I'm just not thinking about them right now. There's so many things going on and so many great things happening that it's a natural reflection of spending time with the Father. So again, if you're struggling to pour out and to share the gospel, I don't think there's any great formula. We've been talking about keep it super simple. It can't get any more simple than than imitating God by resting, spending time in his word, 
praying and isolating yourself with the Father. If you'll do those three things, I think you will experience an increased ability to share the gospel with other people and to reach our culture for Jesus. Just a few more things, and I'm not going to go over these uh, in, in any depth here, but again, just a day of rest adds years to your life. It restores mental energy. It increases creativity, makes you more productive, increases your focus at work, improves your short-term memory, and it can increase your love for your job. And the cool thing is, thankfully, my job is in the ministry full-time, and so it's a good thing for me to be able to have increased love of my job. Amen. Amen. Um, so how, how does this relate to our spiritual life? Well, just like our physical bodies need sleep and exercise and a healthy diet, our spirit needs the Word of God. Our spirits need prayer, and our spirits need isolation with the Father. And we talk all the time about prayer, and we talk a lot about reading the Word of God, but I don't hear many people talk about getting alone with the Father. And so that's, that's the reason I feel like uh, God's having me share this today, is there is an actual planned, uh, it's on purpose, Spending time alone with the Father should not be accidental. Amen. It should be something you plan out, that you do purposefully. It should be just like water and air. It should not be something that you have an afterthought about. It should be your first thought. It's something that you should be focused on, amen, something you should be focused on day in and day out because if you are not spending time with the Father, then you're going to give out at some point. There's only so much your human body and your mental state can, can do. You have to spend time alone with the Father. So let's, let's look at some scriptures just for some support on does God really believe in this as well. And I would say the best scripture to support resting would be in Genesis 2-2. And it says, by the seventh day, God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Even God took a day off. You can take a day off. You're not God. I'm not God. If God took a day off, we can take a day off. Amen? But again, taking a day off is not like we typically think about it in what I'm sharing with you today. Taking a day off is purposeful. It, 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 if you'll notice, God, God sat back and he looked at his creation and saw that it was good. Right? When we're taking a day off, when we are resting in the Lord, we're looking at what the Lord has done. We're drawing closer to him. We are, we are, we are spending time purposefully with the Father and understanding his ways better, or trying to at least. Spiritual rest includes the word of God. In Deuteronomy 8.3, it tells us, He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. That was Deuteronomy 8.3. Jesus quoted from this scripture in Matthew 4.4 4, when he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There's, there's the first way we rest. We, we look at what words came out of the mouth of God, right? We're very blessed. We have the Bible. We can read the Bible. We can read the words of God right there. Amen. We've got to spend time in the word. Then we've also talked about prayer. And the reason I'm hitting these quickly is, again, because I hear these quite frequently. Most Christians can tell you we need to be reading the word and praying, but I just wanted to give you some scriptures to support that as well. And in Matthew, the 26th chapter, verses 40, 40 and 41, this is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and they're, they're praying, Jesus is praying, and the disciples are there, and it says, and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing 
but the flesh is weak. And that is extremely important. There are times in our minds we want to do more for the Lord. We honestly, sincerely want to pour out. We want to have an impact on this culture, but we are not feeding our spirit man. So even though we are wanting to, we have a flesh body. And it takes a toll, and it can overcome us if we are not spending time with the Father. So those are the two that I know we're familiar with. But I want to show you six areas real quick here where Jesus isolated. He got alone with the Father. And it's for different situations. And I do want to read these scriptures to you, but I want to just show you these six areas here. Before a major task, it happened in Luke chapter 4. And this was right before Jesus started his public ministry. And then there's to recharge after hard work. The disciples had been out pouring out. They came back, reported to Jesus, and he told them to rest. Now, we'll read that scripture in a moment also. To work through grief before making an important decision in a time of distress and to focus on prayer. If you look at Luke chapter 4, Jesus is, uh, says, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. Remember, this is after he had been baptized. Uh, John the Baptist baptized him. The dove appeared. The Father God spoke in a voice, said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And then after that is when this takes place. And I like the part here where it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes our gauge on whether or not we should spend time with the Father is if we are mentally exhausted, if we're tired, right? And we say, oh, I need to spend time with the Father. But look right here. Jesus was full of the Spirit and still went and spent time with the Father. We shouldn't just wait for us to be run down to go spend time with the Father. Even if we're excited, jumping up and down, sharing the love of God, we should still have that purposeful time with the Father. You see, Jesus had a big task coming up. He was about to be tempted by Satan, but right after this is when he was going to go and start really, uh, he had done a couple of things, but this was the actual start time for his public ministry when, when the healings and miracles and signs and wonders were about to take place. And so he went to be alone in the wilderness. He overcame the temptations with Satan. But I want to just see through that, that again, he was already full of the spirit. He wasn't drained at that point in time. Then you look at hard work. Again, Mark 6, 30 through 32 says, the apostles gathered together with Jesus, and they reported to him all that they had done and taught. They'd been pouring out. They had been doing some great things in the name of Jesus. And then in verse 31, it says, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. That's Jesus. Jesus is telling the disciples, you've worked hard. Now go to a secluded place and rest. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. They went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. Uh, I like that last part because sometimes we hear God telling us to do something and, and we don't do it. So Jesus is telling the disciples to get to a secluded place. So I like the fact that the author put in there that they did what the Father told them to do. So we've got to, we've got to recharge after a hard day's work. Let's look at working through grief. Jesus himself had just found out that John the Baptist had been captured in, in Matthew chapter 4 verse 12. And that's when it says, now when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee. Sometimes when you're grieving, you're going through something, you, it's, you need to get away. You need to spend time alone with the Father. And then uh, later on in Matthew 14 was when he found out that John had been beheaded. They reported to him in verse 13. It says, now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. And that's so important there because even when you try to isolate, when the Spirit of God is moving in you and through you, people are still going to want to come and they're going to want to be a part of what you're doing. But you've got to take time to rest in the Father. You have to take time to rest in Him. I love this one here. It was Jesus 
getting alone with the Father before making an important decision. You ever have to make important decisions? Any as important as this one right here? Luke 6, 12 and 13. It was at that time that he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them who he also named as apostles. He's got all these disciples that are following him and studying under him. And he's teaching them and training them. But there's coming a day where he's going to name 12 of them specifically to go a little further and a little deeper and to pour them a little bit more. He named them apostles. We always talk about the 12 disciples. I'd, I'd never read that part where it says he named them apostles. So there was a purpose to that. But notice he got away and prayed before making that important decision. A lot of times we go into the decision and we ask God to bless whatever we want to have happen. And that's not what happened here. Jesus got alone with the Father before making the decision. And that's what we've got to do as well. In times of distress, Luke 22, verses 39 through 43, and he came out and proceeded as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. This is the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed, and so fervently it says that he began to sweat drops of blood. I've been to some pretty good prayer meetings, but I've never prayed so fervently and so hard and been filled with just such, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to describe what he was going through, that he's, he's, he's praying so hard he's sweating blood. And that, that's, that's pretty fervent right there. And it says, at the beginning of that, notice it says, and he came out and proceeded as was his custom. What are your customs? As was his custom. It was not unusual for him to go to the Mount of Olives and to pray. Are there times in our lives when people are shocked by the decisions we're making for Jesus? And let me encourage you, if they are, so what? Keep making it. Eventually, it will become your custom. But we have to take inventory and we have to be honest with ourselves. If we're not doing the things of God, we've got to stop and we've got to do the things of God. If we expect to be successful, if we expect to be imitators of God, then we have to do the things that God did. And if we don't do the things that God did, we can't expect the things that God had and God gave and God blesses with. But if we'll do it just like God did it, then we can expect to receive things the way God received them. Amen? We can expect it. You see, this was also the time, it says, where it was his custom. Uh, I wanted to point out where it says, the angel appeared and strengthened him. Man, this really spoke to me. How many times are we going through something, we pray, and we just kind of get to that point where it starts to hurt a little and we stop? Jesus prayed so fervently that it says he sweated blood. But it says right here, an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him, not to take it away from him, not to stop the prayer, but to strengthen him. Sometimes you're going to go through something, and it's not always from the enemy. If you're getting along with the Father, you'll begin to get used to that as well. But notice that God sent angels to strengthen Jesus to help him through this time. When you're going through something like your granddaughter has been diagnosed with something that seems incurable by man, he will send those angels to strengthen you and give you the faith that you need so that the report that comes two or three days later that says the doctors were wrong is not only not shocking to you, but it hasn't drained you. Because God sent the angel to strengthen you during that time. 
If you're going through something, praying to God doesn't mean that that something's going to go away. We're promised trials and tribulations. We're promised persecution, but we're also promised peace that passes all understanding. That is that peace that comes in when you're going through something. Amen? Yeah, give God praise. Amen. One more here. If for no other reason, spending time with the Father, just simply to focus on prayer and being with the Father. We're talking about keep it super simple. Again, Luke 5, 16, but Jesus himself would often slip away to, to the wilderness and pray. He went to the wilderness to get away from everybody to pray, to be with the Father. And he did this often. If we expect to do the things that Jesus did, he said, greater things, greater works than these shall you do. Right now, most of us, self-included, aren't even doing some of the things that Jesus did, much less greater things than he did. I got to get to that first level and just do some of the things that he did. And if I'm going to do that, it's going to come from me resting and isolating with the Father. There are times that as a Christian, I feel obligated as if it would be a bad decision, it would be wrong of me to say no to somebody. You ever feel like that? But it says constantly Jesus slipped away to get in the wilderness to pray. Crowds were chasing him down. But he had to get away because that was a way of him walking in love. By being filled up, by being with the Father, he understood what the Father wanted, and he was able to carry out the mission of the Father. When we want to carry out the mission of our Father, if we want to reach this culture and have the greatest impact for Jesus in this culture, then we've got to carry out the mission that the Father has for us in our lives. And the only way we're going to do that is if we isolate and we rest with the Father. We need to read the Word of God. We need to pray. But we need to isolate sometimes, and we need to get away with the Father. It should be often. It should be, there goes Herman again. Where's he at? I don't know. He's away in the wilderness praying to God again. <laughs> and the reason I read those six different areas is notice it wasn't always the same thing with Jesus. There were different reasons and different times, but they are always him getting away with the Father. Uh, just to kind of clue you in on Luke 5, 16, this was right after he had healed a man of leprosy. And word was spreading so fast, the crowds were beginning to just, just grow everywhere he was at. And it made the people of the time so mad that they were talking about what to do with him. You know what made him mad? He healed somebody on the Sabbath day, and that was just against the rules right there. Do you think it bothered the guy that got healed? Think he cared what day he got healed on? What I loved more is I accuse a friend of mine of being a prayer ninja for Jesus. Because I watch him, and he just kind of sneaks around looking for somebody. Not like a lion, not, not, like a, not like Satan. He's not trying to devour them. He wants them to get a touch from the Holy Spirit, and he'll just see somebody. And he'll find somebody. He'll go up and pray for them, and they'll, they'll get a touch from God, and it's very evident, and he'll just walk off. <laughs> he'll just walk off. And so I said that because I noticed Jesus healed this man of leprosy, and guess what he did? He just walked off. <laughs> He didn't stick around. It wasn't about him. It was about the Father and the work that the Father was doing through him. A lot of times we, self-included, stick around. Sometimes we just need to do what God's asked us to do and slip on out the back door. And the only way we're going to know when we're supposed to slip out is if we are isolating with the Father and knowing what he wants us to do. Let me, let me close with this. Let me kind of bring it together. You guys have been just so grateful 
Today, I know today was just a little different, but I wanted to be honest with you. And I think that sometimes we feel like the, the pastor and uh, whoever's speaking to us really understands how all this stuff works. That's why we're up here, right? But it's not true. We go through stuff too. You go through stuff. And some of the best ways to witness and to minister to people is by sharing what you've gone through. I think Christians make some of the biggest mistakes by trying to promote themselves as perfect and as having it all together. I think the thing that ministers to people the most is when we're honest and we let people know exactly where we're at and that we struggle as well. Amen. Amen. You want to reach the culture for Jesus? Then be real. Explain to them what you've gone through and do it in a way where you explain to them why you're still here. Because it's of Jesus. Amen. Why do you still follow him? I don't care if you know every scripture in the Bible. The word of their testimony is what overcame the enemy. What has God done for you? That's all you got to tell people. I just want to tell you what he's done for me. If you're struggling to share the gospel or have an impact on your culture for Jesus, and I said your culture on purpose because we all kind of run in different circles. We are the body of Christ, and we all share similar cultures, like with Henry County, Southside Christian Fellowship. But some of us, um, um, Eugene talked today about Cameroon. I, I've never been to Cameroon. I don't understand that culture. doesn't mean I, I shouldn't look into it. But that's why I said specifically, if you're having a, a, a tough time impacting your culture, okay, then you need to maybe check and, and see. Your spirit might need rest. And you get that by spending time in the Word of God, by praying and isolating with the Father. And as you stand to your feet, I want to leave you with this quote right here. It's from Leonard Ravenhill. It says, a man who is intimate with God will never be intimidated by men. If you are intimidated by man, may I suggest that you might want to get a little more intimate with God? Let me tell you about my testimony. The more intimate I've gotten with God, the bolder I've become. I didn't mean to. I'm not trying to be bold. It's just coming out naturally because that's what God does. I'm not worried about what people are thinking about me and saying about me. But when I'm not spending time with the Father, I notice that I'm way more sensitive about that stuff. So I want to encourage you today, as you reach out to the culture, as you share the gospel of Jesus Christ, remember to have purposeful isolation with the Father. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you that the Lord will lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.